Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. There is always one more thing to do, one more experience to have, one more person to meet, one more place to go. This, writes Buddhist teacher Jenna Sundell, is both the good news and the bad news. Here in the developed world, we are flooded with information and options more and more. Our access and ability are limited only by our imagination, our tenacity, and so far, our mortality. Ironically, instead of being made rich by this jackpot, we can feel paralyzed. We know we should do the next best thing, but what to choose? and what to ignore. Many of us make our way to this beloved spiritual community because we want to live our lives as if we are here on earth to fulfill a divine purpose. For some of us, the path to walk with that purpose is well-marked and well-trod. For others, there is only the faintest hint of a trail. Or perhaps, as Dante Alighieri's Inferno begins, midway upon the journey of our life, we found ourselves in dark woods, the right road lost. Don Juan Matus, the Mexican Yaqui Indian shaman, instructed his student, Carlos Castaneda, in the way out. Look at every path closely and deliberately. Try it as many times as you think necessary. Then ask yourself and yourself alone one question. I will tell you what it is. Does this path have a heart? The discipline of this kind of spiritual discernment is not for the faint of heart. When Don Juan says, try it as many times as you think necessary, he's talking about a whole new level of try, try again. One of my all-time favorite conversations with one of you um, was when you came to see me at the peak of your career. Let me tell you about this guy. He'd climbed the ladder to the very top of corporate success. He was literally occupying the corner office in possession of everything that we're supposed to want. But he found that he didn't want what he was supposed to want. And as he said it, this is what I love, he said he had leaned his ladder against the wrong wall. In search of the path with heart, against all advice except the insistent prodding of that still small voice from within, he headed back down. And today he is one of the happiest people I know. That's a different kind of wealth. 
Janice Sundell advises that we clear a space in our lives. Make the time, she says, delete appointments with everyone but yourself, lose the distractions, and plumb the depths of your heart and soul to be sure that your ladder is indeed leaning against the right wall, that your path is a path with heart. How to become so quiet that we can hear that still small voice is a whole sermon in itself. But here's a good example. This is shared by a Christian contemplative teacher. I had lived many years in a small protected community, she says, and then it came to me that it was time to go back to society and serve. I began an integration going back and forth. I worked at an AIDS hospice and crisis center. Once a month, I would return to my community, my heart longing for silence. I would stand in line when the gift of food was presented and feel how each thing there, even the most ordinary, was held in a holy way. This is actually how it is all the time. This is the mystery of grace. I knew it wasn't just the prayer or meditation that was important. It was the silence, stopping and taking a breath, opening the heart, seeing that the whole planet and everything on it is holy. I want to bring this beauty with me to everyone I touch, she concludes. So I return to silence regularly. I know if I can stop and remember this, life will fulfill its promise to me. Here's one more. This is told by a former Hindu Swami. After my 10 years of yoga in India, I came back to teach and marry, and later I became head of a temple. My samadhi experiences showed me the bliss of all things. Over time, I got busy, and I started to lose it. I, I tried to meditate more to get it back, but it was not giving me much help. We had conflict in the temple and in my marriage. We fought, sometimes terribly. Some days I wondered if I should ever even have tried to practice this whole worldly thing. One day I was visiting my family and taking care of my young nephew. It was a hard day for the Swami and the three-year-old. We messed up the house. He threw a tantrum. Finally, I took him in my arms and just held him. I sang Sanskrit melodies. And I realized that's all the world wants, to be held in spite of it all the samadhi and bliss came back as soon as I opened my heart. Returning to silence and opening the heart, now we're in trouble because we have to receive whatever truth surfaces. And that truth is almost certainly not going to invite us to lie around in bed all day thumbing through magazines and eating bonbons. Chances are that truth is going to compel us to take action. Jenna Sundell refers to this as embracing 
yes. That yes can take us to all kinds of unlikely places. Author Hannah Brencher was amazed where it took her. Here's her story. She was looking at people's shoes across the aisle on the subway when she spotted a pair of beat-up, unlaced construction boots. And she followed the boots, laceless hole by laceless hole, all the way up, up to the face of an old, old woman. She was tiny. Wisps of gray hair poked out from a bright red cap. And then Hannah Brencher had an idea. It was a little crazy, actually, thinking of her mother's letters and how she says, an ordinary piece of loose leaf paper morphs into a love letter when a person puts herself into it. Hannah Brencher decided then and there that she would write the woman a love letter and give it to her as she exited the train. So she wrote and wrote, and when she looked up, the woman was gone. But it didn't matter because she was on to something. Back on the subway a few days later, she decided to leave the letter she'd written to the woman on the train for someone else to find. I folded it and placed it beside me, and when I got to my stop, the letter slipped down onto my seat as I walked away. More letters, she says, came marching out of me until soon I had filled up a notebook, and she began to scatter love letters all over New York City. I tried to imagine, she continues, what would make me pick up a letter if I found it on a random train, in a coffee shop, or propped up on a bathroom sink. I wrote, if you find this letter, then it's for you. And once I had set each one in its place, I would write even more. And you want to know why? Because it made me feel something. In the months that followed, Hannah Brencher slid letters into coat pockets in department stores, left them in fitting rooms, stuck them into seats at work when she would attend large meetings. I was, she says, playing Juliet to the city. Eventually, she inspired accomplices. She started a website, moreloveletterscom uploading stories of people who would be uplifted by people and and connecting them with people who were too, only too happy to write to complete strangers, a springtide of astonishing stories flooded forth from Hannah Brencher's yes. People expecting nothing more than bills and coupons in their mailboxes found love letters. How great is that? The friend of one recipient observed, it's not the letters that heal you. It's that they show that you're not alone and you're not struggling for nothing. There emerged for Hannah, she says, a big idea about human beings. That if you give us something to do, a mission, we will show up and most of us are good. I know that's always up for debate, but it feels as if, she says, at the core, we are good. She writes, there was a soldier who has the dirt of both Afghanistan and Iraq deep in the grooves of his boots. 
We mailed him a bundle of love letters. And one day, sitting on the floor, unable to speak, he called his sister, weeping, over the letters that strangers had sent, cheering him on. His sister told me that that one small act had renewed her faith in humanity. Beloved spiritual companions, what is the next best thing to do? Ask, does this path have a heart? Seek silence, stop, breathe, open the heart. Know that the whole planet and everything on it is holy. It's all the world wants to be held in spite of it all. Embrace, yes, feel it. This is for you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.